What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here with you. I am so happy the NBA is back. This is like the stretch run. We will talk about that stretch run. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of college basketball. Not quite happy with the choices made by um, some of the teams in putting winning or the team over, man, morally and ethically, just some things you got to think about. So we will talk about that as well. And also, uh, I am going to weigh in on, uh, unfortunately, what I think may be the end of regional sports networks. And what that may mean for some colleagues, but more about the future of where sports broadcasting will go. But first, we'll start with the National Basketball Association. First, let me just say the All-Star Game, it's, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. It may work for you. You know, but I I just felt like I didn't even really see spectacular dunks. And in reality, I'd want it to be more competitive. I'd want it to be, as I tweeted out, I'd like for it to just be a regular game. Can we just get a regular basketball game where the final score is it? But the overall weekend just was not what I was hoping for. Too much G League. I kind of liked it a little bit when it was like a WNBA player and a former player and a player and like the skills challenge, stuff like that. But as much as I'm like, yay, I mean, the number of people that were like, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. No, he didn't. They're ruining the dunk contest. And I said it before the dunk contest. It should be the stars. It should be NBA players, not two-way players. Not I'd rather see former players, but realistically, I don't want former players. I want to see players in the league in the dunk contest. So I'm happy at least we're back to the warm-up games, as Kyrie calls it. Paul George sitting out the, the second OT. Like, yep. Yep, that's where we are. Warm-up games, they just don't matter. Adam Silver has to figure out a way to make the regular season matter. The games matter. Because in my mind, I think what's happening on a larger scale, on a much larger scale, is that I don't think these players care about winning. I think realistically, there is a level of, eh, I'll take a loss. And I remember even with, I remember some time ago when I first started playing fantasy football and the coaches would rest their players the final game of the season if they knew they were making the playoffs. I'm okay with that. Because in my mind, I was like, well, to me, that is, we know we're making the playoffs. We fought hard to get here. And now 
we're going to kind of chill. Because we don't want a player to get hurt. We already made the playoffs and we're looking ahead. But when you look at these games and you think one game can be the difference between not making it to the playoffs or making it, that's really important. And I feel like it's like a throwaway. These games are throwaway games. They just simply don't matter. And if I don't make the playoffs, hey, hey, one, two, three, Cancun, right? I know that there's a debate amongst the former players and the current players about whether, no, we're just resting our body to make sure we're good. But if you don't win the regular season games, then there won't be any any playoffs for you to say, okay, well, I'm good. Now I'm good. I rested. I'm ready for the playoffs. No. Because even if you want to go that route, then I can say, oh, but you didn't get home court advantage because you weren't caring about the regular season enough. And now you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm good. With a a what? Uh, a six seed and I don't have home court advantage throughout any of the playoffs? Because, yeah, I just wanted to rest some during the regular season. To me, every game should matter. And I know that someone's going to say, oh, but there's some science behind X, Y, Z. Just like in Major League Baseball, there's some science behind how we don't have starting pitchers go but five innings sometimes. Or we actually started a uh, reliever in the first inning and had the starter come in second through the sixth. Like all of these different things. I am trying my best to trust that they know they have the science. But science isn't everything. Winning championships should be the everything. And if that's not going to be the everything, then what are we doing here? What are you doing? I know I went off on a whole tangent when I was just going to talk about how I'm excited about the NBA being back. Right? Because I really am excited. But I'm going back to some of the comments that were made during the All-Star weekend. And maybe this means that to an extent, there's going to be a reversal of this feeling. Or maybe it's just because he's a younger player. But even Anthony Edwards to talk about, nah, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting for that one fan that gets to come to the game. I actually took my son to his first non-Wizards NBA game, Cleveland Bulls. And it was really wild because there was a dunk missed. um, And it was a number one shacked in a fool play by uh, Andre Drummond, Mr. Dunk. And so my son got a kick out of that. 
but he got to see everybody. And if you think about players in some ways you got to think about what Anthony Edwards is saying like it's important it's important for the health of the game at some point you I hope that you would not just think about yourself as like oh I don't feel like playing but understand how it affects everything the ripple effects from that The ripple effects from that. Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt uh, in the game, a blowout game against the Heat. Um, I hope that he's going to be okay. Russell Westbrook, now with the Los Angeles Clippers, got an ovation from the fans in the sellout crowd. Double OT. But Sacramento gets the win. How about that? I mean, the amount of scoring in this game was ridiculous. The final score was 176 to 175. That was a wild game. I wish I could have been there for that one. I wish I could have been there for that one. But I can't help but say, but you got to win it. The Wizards, ooh, 6-0 run by the Knicks in D.C. to get the win, 115-109. to Warriors, Clay Thompson, 12 three-pointers. I love it. I'm excited that the team is back. I'm bummed in the Clippers game as I think about Robert Covington. My guy, I hope he's okay. But a DMP and a double overtime game, I just want him back in the rotation. I'm hoping. I really am hoping. But I'm excited that the league is back. Um, I think there's this one play, Kyrie and Luca trying to play together. I'm I'm looking at the standings and thinking about, you know, that man, that Sixers Memphis game was great. Something's wrong with Memphis. Four and six in their last 10. Every game, it seems like there's some scuffle. It's got to stop. They've got to focus on basketball in the way that I never expected, especially for John Morant. They're becoming the villains. And I still like John and the Grizzlies. I'm not like, ooh, I I hate them. But I am starting to get to a point where I'm like, can y'all just play basketball? Every game, y'all got to try to prove y'all are tough and like banging people around and cheap shots like in the Cleveland Cavaliers game with, with Memphis. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. But as I look at the standings of the Western and Eastern Conference, 
you know, there are several teams that got to find a way to make a run. Four and a half games, or rather three and a half games, separate the Lakers and the Mavericks. In the race for the play-in game and the sixth seed. And I guess you throw in the Clippers and the Suns. Suns are 33 and 28. Five games over 500. They need KD back. Flip those numbers a little, almost. The Lakers are 28 and 32. So you got about four and a half games in between. There's going to be, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you got to think about every game counts. LeBron James, only two points in the fourth quarter in that loss at home to Oklahoma City Thunder on the night he breaks Kareem's record. No, you got to win that game. I'm curious to see that the team I'm looking at, or two teams really, Denver Nuggets, are they finally for real? They're the number one team in the Western Conference. They got the MVP in Nikola Jokic. Can they get it done this year in the Phoenix Suns? Now that they've added Kevin Durant. I mean, that team is stacked. If Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton can get themselves together, you got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and KD. Oh, my gosh. What a team. And they may, okay, fine. They gave up some bench players. I love the nickname for Miles Bridges, Brooklyn Bridges. Now that he's in Brooklyn, duh. But those are two teams. I imagine it's going to come down to Denver and the Suns in the Western Conference. I'd be amazed if it doesn't. In the Eastern Conference, we got the Boston Celtics at the top with Joe Mazzula, who was on the second row of the bench and elevated. To the head coach. Like a dream come true for him. Best record in the NBA. 8-2 and two in their last 10. Only team that's been playing better in their last 10. Are the Milwaukee Bucks. They haven't lost a game. They've won 13 in a row. They are on a roll. Two All-Stars. And Drew Holiday. And Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's hope he's going to be okay. But realistically... They have three All-Stars, right? We know that. Chris Middleton is that third All-Star. That's a solid team. Can Philly pull it together? The key for Philly, to me, is not James Harden or Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey, right? I feel like we know what we should be getting out of them. The key for me is Tobias Harris. What Tobias Harris are we going to get? Because that could be, similar to Phoenix, a big four. I think they could be. Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to need Evan Mobley to really step up. Not that he isn't, but I look at Cleveland as like a tier below Boston and the Celtics. But they got a solid team. 38 and 25. They could make some noise with Donovan Mitchell. But Darius Garland, Jared Allen, they're going to have to play big to show that they can be uh, a big four, if you will. 
I think in the end it's going to come down to Boston and the Bucks, with the Sixers being the outside team that can make some noise. Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young on his second head coach. Okay, fine. You had one amazing win. But realistically, I don't know. I don't know. 500 basketball, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The Washington Wizards holding on to that 10th seed or 10th spot for the play-in tournament. Toronto Raptors, 7-3 in their last 10. They've won three in a row. That's probably the most disappointing team so far. It's less jumbled in the East. The Bulls are a game and a half out of the playoffs behind the Wizards. But when you think that there are five games that separate the Heat as a seven seed and the Bulls right on the outside looking into the play-in tournament, might not be as much drama. But every game counts. Every game counts. I'm just excited the NBA's back. I'm excited the NBA's back. As I mentioned, I said I'd bring up college basketball. I just think realistically with Alabama, Nate Oates made a mistake. We know probably with the NIL deal, you paid a lot of money for Brandon Miller. But I think when you think of the ethics and the morals of the situation, you can't let him play. I don't care if he's a star freshman forward. What he and Darius Miles are involved in, the crime that was committed, to think that Brandon Miller was driving the car with the gun that was used by his then-teammate Darius Miles. And Miles asked Miller to bring him the gun? They killed a woman on campus. 23-year-old. I just, we are really letting sports overtake what someone did in taking someone's life. If Miller is going to say, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I still, there's something about it that just doesn't feel right. 
Alabama head coach NATO said, we've been taken very seriously from day one. The first minute that I got information, I called AD Greg Byrne, and we talked about it and severity of it. Greg, I thought, did a great job addressing those comments on Wednesday. They really don't have much to add to it. We feel like we've done the right thing in this case. So I'm going to leave it at that with Greg's comments. Come on. The fact that you got this text message from Miles asking Miller to bring the gun and you think that was like, okay, yeah, we'll let him play? I I just I just don't I just don't like it. Nate Oates said, life's fluid. Different circumstances bring up different areas to talk about. There's different areas you need to educate your players on. The world changes as we come across different situations. It's hard to predict everything that everybody is going to get into. We've taken the opportunities as a basketball program, as an athletic department, as a university as a whole to address situations that have come up and taking that opportunity to educate our guys on different things like this. So the answer is yes. We're using this as an opportunity to educate our players on stuff that hopefully will help them for the rest of their lives. That comment, I get what you're saying in terms of you wanting to educate your players, look out what's best for them, teach them lessons. But a lesson of allowing a player to play in the game after he was involved in a crime what, so he could score 41 points in an overtime win against South Carolina? Mm, mm, mm. Okay. That's where we are. That's where we are. Where I am happy about is a Washington football team getting offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy? To me, he's still become the enemy. And the... The poster, he's not a child, but the poster child for the black coach not getting a head coaching job. I'm happy he's in Washington and I hope he does well. But the interesting thing is, as I listened to the press conference that he had, I'm trying to figure out how he did so poorly in these interviews with owners. I just don't see it. That's the part that I find quite interesting. That's the part that I find the most interesting. I mean, realistically, what are we talking about here? How could he have possibly been bad? What could he have possibly done to these head coaches to make them say, yeah, he is definitely not worth, or excuse me, what could he possibly said to the owners to say that he is not worth it as a head coach? I just don't get it. 
I really just do not get it. He sounded like he had a solid head on his shoulders. But there's obviously some things we don't know because LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn Shady McCoy, has definitely uh, been railing against him. So maybe there's something. Maybe there's something to it that I just don't know. But I'm happy he's in Washington. Let's see what he could do with Sam Howe. They've got some pieces. There's no doubt about that. But my question is, at quarterback, that's it. That's all we're talking about here is what he will be able to do or Washington will do with the quarterback position. Should they draft? Should they trade? Should they go with a free agent like Derek Carr? Right? Maybe. Maybe Derek Carr is it. I mean, if they can somehow hold out and get Lamar Jackson, that's even better. And I like that move if they can make it happen. I think so. I think that's a really good move for Washington. Especially if Lamar doesn't really have to move. It reminds me of uh, Russell Westbrook. Just saying, okay, yep, don't worry about it. You're not going to go to the Clippers. I mean to the Lakers. Just come on back. You'll play in the same arena. Just play for a different team. What's wrong with that? So maybe that's what they will do. And I'm okay with that if they can make it happen. I'd be really happy if that can make if they can make that happen. But I'm good with Derek Carr too. I just don't know if Sam Howe, because here's my thing about Sam Howe. If he was that good, if he was potentially that guy, then why did it take till the last game of the regular season to say, oh, let's give him a shot? No, see, that's where I'm like, I don't know about you. Maybe as a head coach, you could say, okay, I don't know about Riverboat Ron. Maybe you could say that. But I just don't think Sam Howe can't possibly be the guy if you took this long to decide that you wanted him as the quarterback to the last game of the season. All this time playing Taylor Heineke in Carson Wentz. Come on. But I'm happy about Eric Bieniemy. We'll see what he can do. Lastly, I'm curious what we're going to do with these RSNs. I know several people that work at RSN in the Washington area. But you hear about eight uh, Warner Brothers getting rid of AT&T Sportsnet. Oh, boy. You better get them streaming platforms. If you, if you are... The leagues, outside of the National Football Leagues, you have to be worried. Ratings are down. I remember before the basketball season started, I think it was right before the basketball season started, maybe it was a little bit after, where TNT was like, yeah, we'll see if we'll come back with NBA on TNT because it's getting too expensive. The leagues want too much money. The RSNs don't have the viewership. There's too much to watch. There is simply too much to watch right now and it is hard for them to keep up ratings are down but the leagues want more money and i can't blame them for it 
But who can afford it? Amazon, Apple, because their money isn't all tied up in television, in films. They got money from other places. What else are they going to do with it? What else are they going to do with it? So I am really, really concerned about the landscape of sports and regional sports networks. And on the flip side, I don't like that we don't have regional sports networks because I feel like there is something to when you can connect with a league, when you can connect with a fan base that knows the team, right? Your play-by-play guy, Chris Miller. Shout out to Chris Miller for Washington. He's around the team. He knows the team. You can't have a situation where there's just such a disconnect. I just don't think it works well. You have to be around the team. And if the streaming platforms are going to become the new RSN, that's something different. But not if it's like TNT where you just have a game of the week. You fly in your play-by-play and your color and then they're out. The RSNs are important. And I think to an extent, that means it's going to be important for these leagues to understand we need the RSNs and to save them. Not let them go and say, well, we'll just take the highest bidder. You can't do that. The RSNs are really important. The connection to know the team, I think, if you, you know, I mean, look at Apple with baseball. I was like, eh, I'll give it to you. Okay, TNT broadcast is really good. But it's not like they can show all of the games. And so where are you going to see your home team play? Home and road games. We need the RSNs. And I hope the leagues will recognize that and find a way to save them. They must find a way to save them. I mean, I guess, you know, the the teams can have their own networks like Ted is doing with Monumental Sports Network. To an extent, it kind of works. But uh, I don't know. It's not like every team can have their own network. I just don't think that works. So we'll see where this goes. There's something to keep an eye on. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jim O'Kay. Ciao for now.